Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. And and know that uh, I've preached through Ephesians before. This is um, kind of a cool experience. Back when I preached through Ephesians the first time, my desire was to rush through the first three chapters to get to chapter four, because chapter four was the chapter where I was going to get to tell the congregation, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to behave. These are the modifications you need to, to have happen. And, um, and I got to the end of chapter three after like weeks and weeks and weeks of pre- preaching through Ephesians paragraph by paragraph and realized um, I had probably missed the point that my desire was to get to tell you what you need to be doing, how you need to be behaving, and, and what, I, what I think I missed was um, what Paul was desiring for us to know in Ephesians. So, so we're, we're going to be walking through Ephesians, and, and we'll start off with a prayer, but, but I want to tell you that the, the, the name of this sit, walk, stand is, is based off of a pastor named Watchman He was a Chinese pastor who um, wrote an amazing book. It's a little short book on Ephesians, and and it was titled Sit, Walk, Stand. And, and what it has is this perspective of stance that we as believers um, should take when it comes to our relationship with God and our relationship in Christ. And it's, and it's just kind of like abbreviated here, that we are first to rest, to sit in our position in Christ. Then as a natural outflowing, walk the kingdom life. And then lastly, to stand in Christ's name against evil. That's what we're going to be walking through. Now, traditionally, if I was going to do this as an expository sermon series, you would not have me for four weeks. You'd have me for 24 weeks, if, if not longer. Um, so what we're going to do is kind of like have an overview of Ephesians over the next four weeks that we'll be looking at um, what it is to sit, what it is to walk, and what it is to stand. So instead of starting at the beginning of Ephesians 1, I'm going to start at the, at the end of Ephesians 3 that this prayer in Ephesians 3 is, uh, <clears throat> is one that, that, if, that if I'm in a right place, in a right mindset, this is where I hang, that this is, that this is uh, the prayer mindset, spirit set that I desire to have. Um, can't say that I'm always there, but this is, this is where I think is the crux of what we're looking at here, at here. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Paul says, when I think of all this, all of this that that he wrote in the previous chapters, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love that prayer. That prayer is what rocked me at the, at, when I got there at, at the end. It's like at the end of that, that first sessions of, of preaching, it's like, no, this is, this is it. It's not, it's not the do, it's, it's the who. 
where am I sitting first? Am I, am I sitting in him or am I just like kind of running off trying to do what I think is right, what should be done? I was focused on the application. That's where my eyes were set. And I, I rushed it. Now, now, this prayer in itself could be multiple sermons. There's, there's so much in here. Um, but I just want to do a quick overview. Bless you. I just want to do a quick overview of, of what we're looking at here. So Paul says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father that, that he prays that, that you are empowered. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. He's, he's praying for, for us to trust then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. He's praying for us to understand, and you may have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. He's praying for us to experience this love of Christ. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. And all of this is, to, is, is leading to, to the outcome that Paul is praying for. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. When he thinks of all that, he, that he's written in Ephesians, this is the outcome that he desires for us. And that would be a beautiful outcome, right? So who's got that outcome right now? Raise your hand if you've got that outcome. Nobody. Raise your hand if you want that outcome. We want that outcome. We want it to be made complete. We want all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. This, this prayer that Paul speaks to the Ephesians. This prayer is for us too. The outcome that he wants for the Ephesians, he wants that for us too. And not all prayers in the Bible are for, for us. This one is. And as we jump back into the beginning of Ephesians, now we step back into Ephesians 1, um, we'll see Paul starting off the letter. So Ephesians 1 says, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Oh, grace and peace. I did a sermon just on those verses once. It was lovely. Grace and peace. He desires this for the Ephesians. So this was a circular letter that, that Paul had written that was meant for multiple churches, and, and I'm going to substitute out our location in these verses. I'm writing to God's holy people in Reynoldsburg who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. This letter is for us. This letter is for Christians. This letter is for those of us just starting out on our journey in Christ. This letter is for us who are, are trucking right along, and this letter is in particular for us that might be a little stuck, maybe kind of wandering or misunderstanding about who God is, what he has done, what he is doing, and how we fit in. So this is how we're going to look at for the next four weeks as we do this overview of Ephesians, how these three positions that we can take and hopefully get us closer to, to that outcome that Paul's praying for us to see play out. It begins with the opportunity to sit. So first, we sit and receive. Ephesians 1.3 says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace 
that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. So I'm not a good receiver. I'm a good earner, but I'm not, I'm not a, good receiver, a good receiver. I could consider myself to be very self-sufficient. Anybody else? Self-sufficient people? My wife's back there, raise her hand. Yes. And, uh, and I will intentionally si- sidestep opportunities uh, to ask for help, even if that means I've got to suffer for it. I have, I have a knack for deflecting gratitudes. I have a knack for deflecting celebrations and other blessings um, in, a, in a very probably painful way. So uh, last November, I turned, I don't remember how old I turned. How old did I turn last November? 51. And I had my first birthday party in 10 years. It was, it was painful, not because of the people that were there. It was painful because people were there. Um, <laughs> and I had, I had a blast, but it was, but I don't, I don't feel comfortable sitting in that arena. I don't, I don't feel comfortable with, um, I don't feel comfortable with the compliments, I, with the affirmations. It's a, it's a challenge for me. There's, there's a story that I'm telling myself that, that is, uh, is just hard to acknowledge those things. I have stories I tell about myself. I am a great storyteller. I am a great, bad storyteller. I have stories that I tell about the stories that I tell myself. I have stories about the stories that you're telling me telling about me and stuff. It's just this, this horrible cycle of stories that, that go on in my head. And, and, and believe me, I have stories of, of what I believe God thinks of me as well. That when it comes to, to these verses, uh, I have a gut reaction to deflect, to run from it, to, to rationalize why they aren't for me. It's, it's kind of like trying to get a toddler to sit at a table, right? They don't want to go, how, how well does Jacob sit? You pop him in a chair and he's ready to go, right? He is ready to go. My default response is to fidget away, to rationalize away, whatever, whatever the truth might be. You might be able to relate to that. You might have some other default response when it comes to receiving information, receiving truth, receiving love. But today I want to challenge you with a a disciplined response to sit. To sit and and set aside your story, whatever that story is that, that you're telling yourself, and to sit in God's story, to sit in his truth, to to sit in what he has already done and receive that. That it's, that it's an opportunity to, to rest into it and have that squash the other stories that are going on. What has he done? You look in these verses. He loved us. He chose us. He adopted us. Through Jesus, he brought us to him, and he poured out his kindness and grace upon us. Why? Because you're awesome and you did everything right. False. Because he wanted to. Because he wanted to. It brought him pleasure. That was his plan. That was his plan. So what's going on in your head right now? Is, this, is, is it something about you? You aren't good enough. You don't deserve this. You don't believe that you have this. 
shut those stories down, squash the questions, take a brief, deep breath, and sit and receive in those verses. Sit and receive his story. Remember, he wants us to know how wide, how long, how deep his love is for us. Begin to receive that. This may be the beginning of a whole new understanding of his kindness. In Christ, sit and receive. Next, sit in hope and expectation. Our world sucks right now. Hope and expectation is just kind of... Yes. It's, hope's just not really in abundance. It's, uh, it's a challenge out there right now. And it, and it might just be that the things that we traditionally put our hope in are, are all just kind of like failing. So, so finances right now, who's like cheering over the finan- their finances? Stock markets suck. Inflation is painful. A dozen eggs are still $5. What is the deal? Physically, you might be hurting. My body is hurting. My body is broken. My plans are being derailed. I'm not able to do things I used to, the things I want to do. Anybody relate? Relationally, we just made it through a relationship sermon series. And, and you might be in a place where my relationships still suck. I'm still struggling. Why, why aren't these different? Things aren't getting better fast enough. Where's the right person? My kids are spiraling. It's just hopeful, right? It's just, uh, it's just not around, and we can get stuck with that mindset. A hopeless mindset um, gives us a perspective that, of, of expectations that, well, it's probably not going to get any better. It's probably just going to get a little bit worse, or, or I, I expect it to only get better if I, if I get the raise. I expect it to only get better if I'm miraculously healed, or, or that that right person appears. That that's the only way any of this is going to get better. And even then, as I say it, it just like... Lack of hope and, and poor expectations offer uh, depression and a funk. Anybody there? It comes from misplaced hope and, and misdirected expectations. But what do we get when we press pause for a moment and redirect to a godly hope and godly expectations? Let's sit there for a moment. Ephesians 1.9 says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he'll give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. There is so much in these verses here. Multiple sermons to break it down for sure, but I only have, I want, I want, I've got this moment here. So as you sit this morning, sit in this hope and expectation that at the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. 
I, I can sit with hope and expectation that, that at the right time, God's going to bring this all together perfectly. That, that, uh, that the challenging moments in life, they're going to be challenging. That, that life is hard. Life is hard. And, but, and remember, Paul's writing this from prison. Life sucks for him. And he's, and he's pitching hope and expectation. Life is hard. Amy, Amy had foot surgery <clears throat> six weeks ago. And and she's been like kind of stuck in the house for those six weeks. She's she's getting out a little bit more often, but I think like week three or four, she was going nuts. And 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 she was just like, why why am I why am I not healing faster? Why is this not better? And the doctor told him it's well, it's gonna be like eight to twelve weeks or something. But 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 in the house. In, 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 her, in her bubble, it was, it was just super frustrating. Why isn't this getting better? I'm doing everything you told me to do. Why isn't this getting better? And then, and she's, and she's getting caught in the story loop that she's got there, that, that she's losing hope and expectation that her foot's going to be better and, and losing perspective of what's going on until we go into the doctor, and then the doctor tells her, oh, yeah, you're like 50% through. You've still got a long ways to go. You're doing great. And, and in that moment, it was... Like, oh, well, that's, that's the truth. The story, is, the story is a challenge. The story that, that, we, that she was making is a challenge. Um, but, but sitting there and listening to the doctor, you know, just share how much work she's still got left to do, but how far she's come and what is actually happening and, and, and taking the moment to, to press pause and get her mind right to, to evaluate this. So this is what's going on. That she has, that she has clarity in that hope and expectation. She's still got weeks to go. She's still got weeks to go, but, but, when, but when she pressed pause and got her mind right, she, she has this opportunity to see what's actually playing out before. This verse up above is, is that doctor check-in. Remember, at the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. That, that life may be hard for you right now. And what I would love to say is put your faith in Jesus and it's going to be all better. It's going to be all easy. Everything's going to be, be flowers and candy. And you know what? Probably not. Probably not. In fact, it might, it might actually get harder as you begin to walk and stand. But we get this, we get this opportunity to sit here and have our perspective transformed back to him, what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. Remember, at the right time, he'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ. And then, and then not only that, but, but we're united in Christ. In these verses, it's not just, this is what God's going to do, but, but we're in him, that we are united in Christ, and we get to receive the inheritance that's going to come from everything being right. Press pause and sit there. Sit in that hope and expectation. Let that be the, the, the vision, the, the colors that paint the rest of your life going on right now. I know some of the stuff that you all have going on is uh, not easy. But Christ is there. And there's a plan. And you're part of the plan. And, and there's a guarantee. The Holy Spirit guarantees that you are there. So united with Christ, 
sit with hope and expectation. And then third, sit in thanksgiving and prayer. Sit in thanksgiving and prayer. I would like to say my default response to everything is thanksgiving and prayer. But most of you know me and would know I'd be lying. Uh, my default mindset is a BCD mindset. Blame, complain, defend. It is, uh, it is a roadblock for me to Thanksgiving and prayer. And, and if it's not the BCD mindset, I am a master of sarcasm and humor that does not serve me well. Uh, no. That that's where I sit. And you might have other responses to the everything and anything going on around you. If it's not a BCD mindset, if it's not sarcasm and humor, there might be some other default mindset that, that you're running on a treadmill of, just like, like that hamster cage. It's just like misery that you're running, 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 and it's just not going anywhere. And, and Paul's, Paul's in prison. He's got the opportunity to, to, to BCD all the way through. His, his life is not easy, and yet... Yet in Ephesians, we see that he's, he is writing from a place of, from a stance of sitting in thanksgiving and prayer for the Christians that he is writing to and what it all points back to. Verse 15 says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you the spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. There's the hope again. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Hope and expectation. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Paul launches into this, this thankfulness, this heart of gratitude for the believers and, and the love for God's people. And, and, and he's speaking to Christians. So, so Ephesians is written to Christians. Um, and, and even though he states that their faith is, is strong, um, he's praying for it to be stronger. He's, he's praying for our faith to be stronger. He's praying for our understanding of God to, to grow more and more, that we'll know him better. We'll experience his power. And there's, there's thankfulness in this prayer for who God is and what he's done, what he's doing in the church, the body made full, complete in Christ. We are that body. We are a part of the body. We are a body within the body here at Simple Church. How do you sit in thanksgiving and prayer? Do you sit in thanksgiving and prayer? I know that, that often my, my prayers are, are usually, well, those are usually BCD moments too. Um, not that that's a horrible thing. He wants to hear it all. But, but, if I, but if I lead with BCD, if I lead with the complaining, and still the thankfulness just gets kind of set aside. 
But if we're, we're called to, to sit in the thanksgiving, if we even just like take the example of what Paul's bringing, that it kind of reinforces the receiving and the hope and expectation as well. What am I thankful for today? I'm thankful for you all being here today. It is snowing and time changed. I figured this was going to be a light crowd. I woke up at 1.30 thinking I had already hit time change, stayed up for half an hour, and then it was 3. I was like, oh, no. So I'm thankful for the story because it's a good goof. I'm thankful for the people that are here. I'm thankful for Hunter Winters who walks around with his little glasses teasing me with cookies. I'm thankful for the the faces that are here that we haven't seen in a bit. It's a beautiful thing. I'm thankful for my foot hurting. What am I thankful about for my foot hurting? It's given me opportunities to have people pray for me. What are you thankful for? In the good and the bad, what are you thankful for? What is it that you need to lift up to God in thanksgiving and prayer, even in those moments when life is hard? He's got something planned there. Something's happening. Something's working. Lifting up thanksgiving and prayer in the painful, in the painful times might be an opportunity for God to say, well, you need to stop doing this. Then it probably won't hurt so much. But it's, but it's, sitting, it's sitting there. It's sitting intentionally and in conversation with God. That as we look through these verses, we see that that's what he wants. And it's all in Christ. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. We're a part of that. In the challenging times, in the fun times, in the questionable times, we have the opportunity to to press pause and sit in this, to sit in thanksgiving and prayer. Where are you sitting today? Where are you sitting in your relationship with God? Where are you sitting in your relationship with Christ? Again, this, this letter is for, for all of us. You might be sitting here and it's like, today's my first day, man. This is freaking awesome. I am, I am sitting right here. And this letter is, is for you. And, and you might be sitting here saying, I've, I've been on this path for 20, 30 years and, and, and things are going well. I got some challenges here, but, but I can sit in a little bit deeper. I can sink into his seat and rest there. And today you might be sitting here and it's like, yeah, I have been kind of wandering. I know that God's 
over there, and I know that he's doing stuff. But, but I'm over here doing my thing. I'm fidgeting, playing, running, wandering. I, I don't really understand him that well. And I, I, want, I want to challenge you that, that if your understanding of God, if your relationship with, with God and in Christ is all based off of uh, Sunday morning service, showing up on a Sunday morning, then, then I, I know I'm walking out of the camera. And that's the purpose, that you're just like over here in the dark. God's over there, and you're over here. Over here, you won't understand him. He's way over there. He wants you over here with him. He wants you to stop chasing after what you're chasing and sit here for a moment. I appreciate that you're sitting here in this moment. But my challenge to you is this coming week, sit with God in other moments. Be intentional. How is it that, how is it that you get to know the people around you? I was having this conversation with Lorenzo. I don't know where Lorenzo is. There he is. How do you get to know people? Got to hang out with them. How are you going to understand them? You got to talk with them. Be curious. Ask questions. Share the stuff inside of you. This is what's going on in me. Oh, I, can, like, I, I have a very hard time with that. So most any of you that have conversations with me, when you ask me how it's going, I'll say, oh, it's good. How about you? How, and I'll start. Coaching classes have been great. I'll just like redirect. Kyle comes to meetings knowing that the first start is going to be a redirect. She pulled that in my one-on-one. She just knew it was going to turn to her first. And she played it very well. <laughs> how are you sitting with, how are you going to sit with God this week? What are the opportunities? Maybe, maybe you just need to like actually put it on the calendar. For me, when I set up appointments with anybody, if it's on the calendar, I will do it. If it's not on the calendar, I'm totally going to forget you. Not because I don't love you, but because... I'm old, my brain doesn't function well, and I need it down on, on something. Um, yes, that will breach. Um, so this week, how are you going to sit with God? Where's, where's the opportunity that you're going to intentionally take to sit with him? To receive what he's got for you? To give, to give him time for prayer and thanksgiving, for him to transform your hopes and expectations into his hopes and expectations. In our culture playbook, we've, we've got uh, a reference to connection. We believe in connection, and, and, and one of those key ones is we believe in connection with God. And, and Sunday morning service is part of how that plays out, that being here and getting to hear the word of God is, is a great first start of 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 application towards connection. But, but, but being in prayer and being in his word are, are, are more significant and you got more opportunities. I guess you could like backtrack through all the sermons that we've done over the last couple of years and fill up your time, but, but that's not what he wants. He wants, 
you. He wants to sit with you. He wants to hear you. I challenge you to be in his word this week. Maybe in a different way. Set an appointment and make it happen. Discover more of who he is. Get a better understanding of who he is. Taste a little bit more of how big, how wide, how deep, how high his love is for you. I'm getting ready to wrap up, so you should probably pop the blue light for Kidsmen. They will be worshiping that blue light. Anybody here in Kidsmen love the blue light? The blue light's awesome. If you don't know what we're talking about, I would encourage you to go to the Connect Center and sign up for Kidsmen. And you can discover what it is to worship the blue light. But right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap us up here as we get ready to close. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap us up going back to Paul's prayer. So Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3, but I've kind of like tweaked some of the words to make it. So this is our prayer. That, that this is a prayer that, that, we can, that we can claim ourselves. So if you want to bow your head and close your eyes, I'm going to pray through this, and then we'll continue on from there. So, Father, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to you, Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from your glorious, unlimited resources, you will empower us with inner strength through your spirit. Then Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. Our roots will grow down into your love and keep us strong. And may we have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep your love is. May we experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then we will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from you. Father, I, th- I thank you for your word. I thank you for I thank you for your spirit moving in this room and in our lives. Father, I pray that uh, I pray that you, you give us the will to press pause and have a seat with you. I pray that you just give us. Uh, a deeper glimpse of, of who you are and how much you love us. You chose us. You chose us. I am thankful that you chose us. I'm thankful that you chose me. Father, I pray that, that as we go out this week, we make the time for you. Everything else is, is really nothing. time with you can show us what is. We just love you and give you praise, Father. And for those with your, your heads bowed and eyes still closed, today, today might be your first sit. Today might be the day that, that you're sitting here and going, oh, he chose me. Can receive that. He chose me and, and I get to sit with him. Or you may have been wandering for a while. Maybe you had a seat at his table a long time ago and you just kind of like wandered away and, and this morning is 
is the return. This morning is a return to the table to have a seat with him. And you get to start the journey again. He's right there waiting for you. If that's you, I encourage you to raise your hand. Let, let me know that, that that's you, that this morning is your first sit. I'm going to lift up a prayer, and, and we'll all pray together. But, but know that, the, that there's like no magic in the prayer. This is just an opportunity to, to confess and believe. But this is the opportunity to, to put the stake in the ground and say, yep, this is, this is the moment. This is the, this is the morning that I announced Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Did nothing to earn it. He just chose me. He loved me. He adopted me in. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the seat. I thank you for Jesus Christ who put the seat there. Father, I take this seat this morning. And I pray that you just show me your love. And I will sit right here through and through. Thank you, Father. Amen. If that was you, it's a good morning to sit. It's a good morning to sit. If that was you, I would encourage you to, to fill out the Connect card and drop that off there. Let us know. Let us celebrate. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved. First, you can pray for us as a church. Prayer is our first response and our greatest resource. Pray for opportunities that we can boldly step into, make a difference in our community and around the world as we proclaim the good news of Jesus. Second, share this episode on your social media accounts and directly with your friends. It's easy to do through whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this message. Just click share and follow the prompts. Finally, you can support the mission through your generosity. The best part about this is that it's also an act of worship where you express the priority of your love for God and others through your finances. Links to give are in the show notes or simply visit www.mysimple.church giving. We are so thankful you joined us today. Hope you'll consider joining the mission of our church in some way. Thank you again, and we'll see you at next week's episode.